I may have to get up and grab groceries that are on the way because I was lazy. <laughs> oh, nice. Instacart. I or did. Whatever, whatever they call it up there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What, what, where do you think I live? <laughs> Way up north where the air gets cold. <laughs> Hell yeah. Freaking car had three inches of snow on it this morning. Oh, wow. You got some flurries, but nothing that stuck. Stick my foot right up here. What's up, 2M Nation? <laughs> Two best um friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football? I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLads.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. And on that note, welcome back in. To another exciting episode of 2M Football Podcast. Mike and Matt, back at it. It's an episode. It's an episode. Hey, that enough. That's enough for for me to be excited, given it's been about a month since we were able to do this last. (laughs) Um, For which we do a pod. No, I think it's been three weeks. And I know that because I've still been creating the notes documents in the hope of using them every week. And we have not. (laughs) I mean, that's dedication. Oh, thanks. You'd think it would help me remember what happened in that time, but actually, no, not the case. <laughs> but here we are again, back at it, working around schedules, illnesses, the lack of sleeping children. <laughs> I can uh, attest to uh, one of those. Right, as we all know, you're you're the one of the two of us who actually works. So that that wasn't the issue from my end. <laughs> but here we are, found a way, found our way back to the virtual recording studio at the same time, so we could try to uh, bang out an episode here. And so, uh, given that we've got a lot going on, as uh, we've delayed our contender or pretender round two a couple weeks already, we'll do it today. Uh, we'll recap some week 10 highlights, of course, preview week 11 and uh, a little bit of a melancholy edition of the fantasy corner, given both of us are on three game losing streaks. <laughs> so aggravated. And our uh, playoff chances keep going down, down, down on the uh, per the website's calculations. But like we've talked about before. They know, doesn't know what it's they, doing. Exactly. So the lower my playoff percentage gets, the better I actually feel about it. <laughs> uh, but first, I did want to share an anecdote uh, with you and the listeners. Oh, uh-oh. And uh, in the notes. <laughs> that's right. So you have no idea what I'm about to say here. And that was I never know what you're going to say, even when the notes are present. Actually, fair point. Um, but yeah, so as we've established... Many times. I have way too much time on my hands during the workday. So does um, Sticks. What? Yeah. So so does Sticks. Okay, so you got that reference, but not my way up north where the air gets cold. Nope. There's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. All right, it's too early for that crap. Knock <laughs> it off before I hang up the call. 
Just so you know, we already have our indoor decorations put up. <laughs> oh, so you're the reason we got snow up here. <laughs> hey, we're waiting till the day after Thanksgiving to put up the tree, at least. <laughs> you know what? As much as Christmas is my favorite holiday, that is always respectable. That is a tradition that my family has done for years, where as part of the Thanksgiving festivities the mm -hmm. day after, while everyone else is getting stampeded and beat, beating each other over the head over the latest and greatest <laughs> toy on Black Friday, yes. we would always put up our Christmas decorations. Oh, nice. I like that. I don't remember if we had a set date that we would do it, but I, I vividly recall the, uh, and I'm still attached to for this reason, the uh, Muppets and John Denver Christmas album, because that's what we would always listen to on my parents' old record player. Or not record player. It was a CD player. Jesus. <laughs> You're not that old, but it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Everyone get out the eight tracks. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to my anecdote. Um, so during the work hours, I'm always looking for new content to listen to, but I decided to take a trip down memory lane and listen to some old content, um, some content that we created back in the day. Recorded directly onto a record, ironically. Just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, hold on. This isn't good if I was part of this because I can't remember. <laughs> well, you probably don't remember. I certainly don't remember half the things that I hear coming in from my own mouth. Um, but yeah, I was watching one of our old uh, YouTube videos from back in the day. Oh, no. Back in the year 2017. Oh, my God. So long ago. So long ago, yet also only five years, which I feel like isn't, I feel like a lot's happened in the last five years. Five years in terms of the wording of that is not long at all. Five years in terms of the scope of what has happened feels like it should be 2005. Like both in our personal lives and I feel like in the world at large. <laughs> but, um, that's uh, another, that's another podcast. No. Yeah, a couple things I noted. One thing I did note, couldn't help but noticing, is you can hear just how how young and carefree we are back then. <laughs> <laughs> just cracking right. jokes left and right. And I think part of this was helped that we were actually in person back then. I remember I would uh, pick you up because we lived close together back then, and we would come back to the apartment and sit at that table together. Um, uh, but uh, all, yes, when did we become so serious? <laughs> I think life finds a way. <laughs> In a bad way this time. Sorry, Jeff Goldblum. But anyway, the, the point is, a roundabout way of getting here. We were talking about uh, the Packers and previewing the 2017 season. Oh, God. And, and I made some comment along the lines of, I can confidently say the Packers will always finish above Detroit in the division as long as Rodgers is there. Well, don't Which you look like just a fool incredibly ironic given the Packers loss uh, to Detroit in, during our, our hiatus of the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it. Thank God they beat Dallas. So they remain above the lions in the standings for now, because if they had lost that game, the lions would have been second place behind the Vikings ahead of both the bears and the Packers. <laughs> hey, I mean, we always talk about the tenacity of Detroit and I get the green Bay isn't firing on all cylinders right now. And there's a lot going on, but for the lions, what a hell of a victory. Yeah. It's got to feel good. No matter like what you say, what you will to take out somebody who's been like the reigning 
team in the NFC North for at least five years running. I was going to say about 20 years, but yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to share that and try to bring some of that lighthearted energy back into my my life. <laughs> uh, that was before responsibilities. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it really was. So if you could get rid of all of our responsibilities, we might be like that again. Uh, yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> we can only aspire to it uh, for now. Uh, and let's do so in our week 10 recap, starting with some massive upsets, sending shockwaves around the league, most notably the commanders taking down the previously unbeaten Eagles on a game that ended 32 to 21. Thanks to a fluky last second uh, defensive touchdown on that. that was it the defensive touchdown that was fluky or was it the the roughing the passer call? <laughs> that was Sort of a hilarious moment. Uh, yes. To be fair, even though the knee was down, they did hit above the neck area. Right. So for context, the uh, commanders were trying to run out the clock. It was third down. They decided to do a passing play. Henneke sees defenders bearing down on him in the pocket, so he drops to a knee. When the quarterback does that, play is dead. But I forget which defender it was. Clearly tried to stop himself, uh, but momentum... Carried him into the body of Henneke, and and yeah, he knocked him down. He did hit him above the shoulder, and it was an accident, but it's probably still the right call. And that gave him a fresh set of downs and a 15-yard penalty, which was essentially the end of the game. Um, my biggest disappointment with this game, though, was that Carson Wentz wasn't healthy, supposedly. This was going to be the ultimate revenge game, right? His original team, the Eagles, in Philly, but he looked ahead in the schedule all those weeks ago and faked an injury. And you know how I know it's fake? Oh. He's healthy now, magically, right after the Eagles game. <laughs> yeah. uh, not that it matters. Ron Rivera is making the smart decision and keeping his butt on the bench. Well, but, the last news I saw is that he uh, Rivera made the comment that he had made a decision on the starting quarterback. But, I mean... Given the way the team's offenses felt, the commanders, shockingly under Heineke, have looked way better. They, yeah, they have. They have. I there's, think they a, were, there's an energy with them. I think they were one and four or something like that when Heineke took over, and, and now they're five and five. Um, and yeah. Anyway, but uh, there's no more undefeated teams in the league now after the surprising result. Um, another big uh, tipping point of this game was the fact that the Eagles. Turned the ball over four times in this game. In their first eight games combined, they had only turned it over three times. And uh, that's that will lose you a game. A little bit. This, this whole NFC East is looking good, though. Which is funny because we always talk about that one year where they all finished under 500 and the 7-9 and nine team won the division and got a playoff spot and the division was a joke. But uh, they look really strong in, in today's day and age. I wonder if the Eagles pull a Steelers from a couple of years ago where now <laughs> they just go on implode. a massive losing streak. Yeah, we'll see. I feel like in some ways a loss takes the pressure off. I don't know if anybody was starting to talk about it yet, but now for sure nobody's talking about going undefeated. 
But uh, it's interesting, though, with the Eagles and the, the Vikings, who we're about to talk about, both at eight and one at the top of the at the top of the conference. With the Vikings only loss being to the Eagles. And uh, speaking of the Vikings, they got a crazy win this past weekend, too, in Buffalo against the Bills. And uh, I texted you about this game. I think you said you listened to the end of it, right? Yeah, I uh, where the I I caught it right when they tried to sneak it and turned it over on downs, and then yep. there was the there was the uh, the kneel down, there was a there was a penalty, and then it went into overtime, and that's kind of where I was like, what is going on? How are the Bills neck and neck with the Vikings? <laughs> well, I would phrase that the other way around, but <laughs> yeah. So the Vikings were down 23-27, and this is where the insanity started. It was a fourth down and 18, and uh, Cousins kind of just throws up a prayer to Justin Jefferson. Arguably the catch of the year. I I mean, some people are saying it's in the got to be in the top five of best catches ever because he reached he he does the dump, jumping up in the air and backwards thing like like Odell catches it with one hand, takes it out of the two hands of the defender. He the defender had two hands on this ball. It should have been a pick. But Jefferson takes it from him with just his one hand fully extended, fully, you know, at his vertical peak, snatches the ball he down. He just ripped it right from his hands. Yeah, it was incredible. And especially on a fourth and 18 do or die play where the Vikings were about to lose. Jefferson makes that catch, extends the drive. Vikings get all the way down to the goal line where they can't score. It's fourth and goal from like the quarter yard line at this point. They try QB sneak. Cousins get stuffed. They turn it over on downs. But uh, being that close to their goal line, the Bills couldn't just take a knee and end the game. Uh, they also felt a running play was too risky, wanting to avoid a safety. So they were going to do a QB sneak of their own forward to just try to get a yard or two. But Josh Allen fumbled the snap exchange, and the Vikings were covered in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, to go up 30 to 27. But uh, even after that, there's still 40 seconds on the clock. <laughs> the Bills were able to get into field goal range uh, thanks to a pass interference call and a Gabe Davis sideline bobble, really, that was ruled to catch and for some reason did not get reviewed. On replay, it was pretty clear that he did not maintain possession as he hit the ground, but play resumed in the moment. Uh, obviously, no coaches' challenges in the final two minutes, and the the booth did not elect to review that play so continued and the bills ended up tying it to send the game to overtime but wait there's more (laughs) there's more in overtime the vikings had first and goal from the two-yard line of buffalo failed they have it a couple of times and they could not capitalize on it. yeah yeah first they tried to run play that lost three yards um, I didn't. I don't know what happened on the other place. I forget. But <laughs> the point is, they couldn't score from first and goal at the two, uh, so they settled for a field goal, which meant the Bills got a possession as well, an opportunity to tie it, to extend the game, or get the win on a touchdown. And they were moving too. Josh Allen drove them all the way down inside the Vikings' 20-yard line, and then threw just a brutal interception to uh, Patrick Peterson that sealed the loss. But this had this game had so many twists and turns all in the final like one minute on the game clock in the fourth quarter that it was just unbelievable to watch. And I saw this stat come out uh, later. Josh Allen is 0-4 in career overtime games. It's really surprising for a quarterback as as good as he is. 
Well, and I think the result of this game, what I think became the most interesting talk was the Vikings have always been criticized for very, very close games and Kirk Cousins not being able to show up in prime time. But if you look at all eight of the Viking well, wins. This, this still wasn't prime time. Their one loss wasn't prime time. But Right. Well, hold on. <laughs> Easy there, killer. What I was going to say is a lot of teams get criticized for their closeness in games. However, the Vikings' eight wins have come with eight points or fewer between them. And there was a point that was noted of how critical that can be in the playoffs because the thing is the team's when the team is used to playing from the front and you get in these tight games, it can be very, very uh, close to the point that that team would actually lose. Right. But the Vikings have managed to pull the wins out of each one of these very tight games. And I think that is going to translate to very good chances in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, that's a great call. I just pulled up their schedule and yeah, seven of their eight wins were by a single possession, eight points or less. And they've won, let's see, seven in a row now, which is just crazy. Uh, they are finding a way, so looking good. Uh, the only Great other job, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, got to be a coach of the year candidate. Um, and the Packers beat the Cowboys, which was a big surprise. Fairly. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. I got that one. As uh, Sheev Palpatine would say. It was Mike McCarthy's return to Lambeau Field. Um, he actually got a nice reception by the, the fans, I thought. And there was a big message on the, the board I saw. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, big big hug shared by him and Aaron Rodgers pregame. Uh, kind of a nice moment for him to come back. Well, especially with all the controversy with his departure, right? Like everyone thought that him and Aaron were absolutely on opposite ends of the spectrum. But he did a lot for Green Bay and brought a lot of success to the town. So, Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely deserved um, the the welcome that he got. However, it was the Packers putting in a surprise offensive performance, by far their best of the year, thanks to rookie wide receiver Christian Watson. Watson He's been, with the hat trick. Yes. <laughs> Excellent uh, phrasing with the World Cup coming up. But uh, yeah. You're welcome. He's been, I, I'm, I appreciate that. Thank you. That was a good one. <laughs> you know, once in a while. What's the saying? Even a broken clock is right. Twice, Twice a, day. a day. Yep. There we go. But Watson, who they traded up to draft early in the second round this year, he's been in and out of the lineup all season due to various injuries, concussions, hamstrings, etc. Um, but he was he was healthy for this one. And the focal point of Aaron Rodgers targeting him in deep multiple times. Uh, you remember that infamous play at the very first offensive snap of the season, week one. Uh, Watson was wide open, breaking down the sideline. Rodgers hit him in the hands and he dropped it. Well, he's trying to he'll be trying to atone for that one for a while, but he did a lot to um, took a big step towards doing that in this game with his three touchdowns, one on a deep bomb, uh, one at the goal line on a nice route and, and one that he took in from like uh, 40 yards out. And those all, um, they, it was required to keep pace with this Dallas offense. Packers defense has been, I mean, as disappointing as the whole team has been, the, the defense has been just as disappointing as the offense to me. Especially because that was supposed to be the strength this year, right. going with the loss of Devontae yeah. Adams and all that stuff. And it just, 
has not been up to par. I will say um, Amari Rogers needs to be benched. Actually, they just cut him. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Beautiful. Good, good call by you, though. Give Grew up of a freaking kick returner. Yes, yes. Um, so Packers, Watson's third touchdown tied the game with two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. It would end up going to overtime. Defense did come up big, I will say, with the fourth down stop. Uh, Dallas was at the Packer 35. Fourth down play elected to go for it rather than attempt the 52-yard field goal. Uh, and they got the stop, allowing the offense to march down the field, get into range, set up Crosby for the winner. A huge win for the Packers. You could argue a season-saving win. I mean, we'll see what they do now, but they snapped a five-game losing streak. And, uh, yeah, here we go. I included it here. Most importantly, save themselves the humiliation of falling below the Lions in the division standings. Part of me would want to see that just to see how the fan base would react. <clears throat> what if I don't it think it would last up. very long. Yeah. But just the subtlety there of like the potential was right there. Oh, and also fun fact, uh, Surio, friend of the podcast, was at this game in person. Oh, what a jerk. And some nice pictures. Looked like he had great seats. Yeah, right. I'm like, where where is our invite? That's fine. Uh, in terms of our playoff sleepers, they are sleeping a little too deep right now. The Saints fell to three and seven with another loss, this time to the Steelers, who have been one of the worst defenses in the league. But with TJ Watt back in the lineup, it uh, looked like what we expect come to expect from the Steelers for most of the last few decades of being a very good defense. Saints couldn't get anything done. They're three and seven, bottom of the division. And it sounds like they're considering a quarterback change given Andy Dalton's struggles. He is one and four in their last five games. Now, it is, uh, he, I didn't see in this news alert who they were considering switching to uh, because if they, if we still have our season long bet where if Taysom Hill starts a game at quarterback, I take an L on that one and, and have to perform on the pod. So. Keep a close eye on on the same QB situation because it looks well, like well here okay so let's let's go with the more the more logical route now right Dalton gets benched Jameis comes in now what happens if they go let's say one in three or zero oh in three yeah. in the next three games right now you're sitting at three and ten season is completely lost the question begs now do you go back to Dalton or do you take a chance and you throw um, Taysom Hill under center? Like, it would be a very interesting to see if the offense doesn't improve at all. Right. Like, what what would you do? Because I feel like that would be the toughest spot for any of those coaches. Well, I mean, at that point, you're just looking at your draft position, right, for next year. So, you could, in theory, there's an argument to be made for putting out your worst player out there. Just lose some games. In which case, yeah, Taysom would be perfect. <laughs> Unless he wins one, and then all of a sudden they're like, we can't, nope, nope. No, I know, that that's kind of a joke. Uh, just, you know, continuing my trend of hating on Taysom Hill, uh, because I, I have to agree that he gives this offense a spark that uh, certainly Dalton can't. And, uh, you know, no one can do, quite do what Taysom Hill does in terms of using his legs as well. So we'll see what goes. That's he said seven, it, everybody. 
most interesting thing about the Saints at this point. I was dead wrong on them. <laughs> it's super disappointing. The Dolphins, on the other hand, romped against the Browns, 39 to 17. They are just clicking, firing on all cylinders on offense between Tua Tungavailoa and his receiver duo of uh, Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddell. They just look unstoppable. And the running game has been really great too lately. With it, it's so funny with uh, Mike. Uh, I was gonna say McDonald. Is that right? Wait, what, <laughs> what is the Dolphins? Mike McDaniel. Thank you. <laughs> Mike McDonald had a farm. <laughs> sure. Or a burger restaurant. Um, Mike McDaniel coming over from, I think that's why I got confused coming over from, uh, actually, no, this still doesn't make sense. Anyway, he came over from the Niners and they brought in all these ex 49ers players with like Raheem Mostert and more recently Jeff Wilson. And they're crushing it in this, you know, running a very similar offensive scheme to what Shanahan does. Although uh, more quarterback centric in a way they throw the ball. They're, they're far more aggressive than San Francisco. I have seen so many comments and memes that Mike McDaniel has that sort of vibe of somebody who was playing Madden on Saturday and woke up on Sunday <laughs> to find out he was coaching an NFL team. Did you see uh, when they played the Bears a couple weeks ago that uh, he yelled but, at Justin Fields yeah, to just stop running? Just stop because Fields was running all over their defense and. He was on the Dolphins sideline and McDaniel, you could see him yelling like, stop it, just stop it. And Fields is laughing. That, that's amazing. Which is a much politer way of, of saying what like probably I would be saying to you as well. If we were playing Madden together and you kept running on my defense. <laughs> no, I just throw the tight end and short end routes. That's right. It works every single time. Um, but anyway, the, the Dolphins got an easy win here against the Browns. And because of the, Bills lost. The Dolphins are actually in the lead in the AFC East with a seven and three record. Look at that. Tua remains undefeated in games that he's started and finished this year. Pretty incredible. Uh, over to his head hit the ground. Yes. Luckily, there has been no drama in that regard uh, since he returned from that scary concussion earlier. Let's take a, let's pour one out for the Raiders. <laughs> was that a game even like a victory in any way, shape, or form? Like, I I don't understand anything that happened primarily in the aftermath. Um, in between last week and this week, where Frank Reich was relieved. Um, yeah, the Colts are the more interesting team actually to talk about here. Frank Wright was relieved, which primarily due to issues on the offensive line. But what's incredible is they didn't even give him an opportunity to try to fix anything. Like, if you're the GM, say, and you bring somebody in and you sit them down and say, the offensive line is trash, you need to make a change. You either fire your offensive line coach, your offensive coordinator, your passing game coordinator, you fire somebody. And you give them a few weeks to see if they can turn this around. I don't think firing Frank Wright was the best decision. I do think he's going to find another job by the end of the year. Uh, Carolina could use a coach. But it's interesting that they went with Jeff Saturday. And there was a lot of mixed views on this. Yeah. Um, Simply because 
typically coaching in the NFL, you go, you play, you usually coach college or you become some type of an assistant coach. Then you become a coordinator. And then typically you move up to a head coach. He was right. none of these. Similar, um, well, similar to what we talked about, Dan Campbell in Detroit, like, uh, although I guess he actually had been a, like a tight end coach or something, but Saturday had even less experience than, than that coming in, in terms of coaching zero. He had zero. <laughs> he has as much. And it's not even like they took Saturday and made him the offensive line coach. Or right. even an offensive yeah, coordinator fired yeah. their offensive coordinator, right? Like right. things that would have made more sense, but they threw him right into a head coaching position. Now he wins his first game and everyone's all on this, on this train. And it's like, well, hold on here. He's the interim head coach, but it's just very strange the way they did this. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is strange. And also kind of hilarious in, in a lot of ways because right had made the decision to bench Matt Ryan in favor of Sam Ellinger who threw for, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he threw for a combined total of about 10 yards in the three games he's, he played. Um, and Matt Ryan was healthy. It wasn't an injury situation. Reich had said that Ellinger was starting the rest of the season. And I wonder if he was trying to tank. And Jeff Saturday has ruined this by reinstating Matt Ryan and getting a win. Uh, of course, as a coach and the players, Tanking is never something that they are doing. Tanking comes from above. But it, it's interesting seeing that, you know, the, that was like the first thing Saturday did was like, no, this is crazy. Matt Ryan, you're back. <laughs> Why are we starting this kid? And, and yeah, they got to win. Well, if you also but, look, the line looked a little bit better. Jonathan Taylor looked back to his, his form and a little bit more mobile. The line was creating the gaps needed. But it was the Raiders. I mean, part of that is the opponent. Oh, yeah. The Raiders were awful. <laughs> and can we talk about them for a second? Or do no, I... let's not and say we did. <laughs> I just want to ask the question. Do you think there's any chance Josh McDaniel gets fired after one year? This let me just lay it out for you. The Raiders were in the playoffs last year. They add arguably the best receiver in the NFL to their offense keep pretty much everything else in place in around him. Now they're two and seven and they just lost to the team with that's head coached by someone with as much experience as you and me. I take offense to that. <laughs> Jeff Saturday should take offense to that. Jim Ursay should take offense to, and uh, Josh McDaniel. But I'm just saying like, that's a pretty bad look for a guy. I, yeah, it's a weird set of circumstances, but I really think if they can end the season just either just under 500 or within two games of 500, I think he's safe. But it isn't too often that we see a coach gone in their first year. No, no. It happens, but it doesn't usually happen often. I would argue that if this becomes a losing season for the Raiders and the Raiders start out one and four or one and five next year, then yes, McDaniel is gone. Yeah, interesting. So much drama in that game, just with all the circumstances surrounding it. Um, your other team sleeper team though, the lions did much better. 
they beat Green Bay. Yeah. And, and then, then they beat the Bears. Yeah. Two completely so, different types of games, too. I mean, they held the they held the Packers to nine points, give up 30 to the Bears, who have been, to be fair to them, on fire lately with Justin Fields. But, uh, yeah, the Lions needed a huge fourth-quarter comeback. They get their first road win under Dan Campbell. We've been talking about that, or we were, uh, before our hiatus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. For the Lions, and they, they climb up to third in the division. Almost got to second, like I said, but the Packers ended up squeaking out a, a win over um, Dallas. Keyword, squeaking. Yeah, it's still nothing to give you a whole lot of confidence in the team as a whole. Uh, a couple other games on the week. Broncos lost again. Their offense continues to be depressing. Um, they were up 10 nothing at halftime. Lost 10-17. And once again, this is the second time this has happened this year. Russell Wilson, goal line interception, sealed their fate at the end. They could have tied it. Uh, although, let's be honest, they weren't they weren't going to score in overtime. Nope. Unless the defense scored. That's the only way. The Cardinals and, and the Rams played. Little... What? And even then, that's a little, eh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cardinals and the Rams played a weird game where both starting QBs were hurt. Uh, Murray, Kyler Murray with a hamstring injury, Matt Stafford with a concussion. So it was a battle of the backups. John Wolford versus Colt McCoy. Uh, McCoy and the Cardinals got the win, but the bigger news coming out of this game was that Cooper Cup is likely out for the season with an ankle injury that he's getting surgery on this year, or this week. You got a solo this last part. I got to step away for a minute. Okay. I'm just going to wait for him to come back because I really want him to hear this joke. All right. I'm going to take you with me while I do this part. I'm back. Okay. I just stopped talking because I wanted you to hear my joke. Oh, I have food, so forget with the Cooper, excitement. With Cooper Cup out for the season, it's officially Ben Scrawny next season. Oh, no, you did not. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. Bucks beat the Seahawks. When I think of Skroniak, I can just think of Mike Glennon. And in this case, it doesn't make any sense because Glennon is not a wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, this one is purely based on name. I don't know uh, if if this, if this Mr. Skoranek really has a long a scrawny neck. Oh, or... I'm impressed. I was like, can you not actually pronounce his name? But then you said it. So the answer is you can pronounce it, but you will not use it. Well, I choose not to because I find this funnier. Just like um, didn't that happen by accident too? I, I think the first time I said it as a complete joke, where I didn't actually know the guy's name, but I, I do know it. I, I just find I think this it was more... it was either in a text message or something. You're like, I don't know who this scrawny that guy is. And I'm yeah. like, who? You're like, huh? yeah. All right. Well, that's it for week um, ten recap. Let's take a quick break and get into contender or pretender. Hey, yeah, what kind? And we're back. Wow, we're back. With another exciting edition of Contender or Pretender. We did this segment after week four. Uh, we were going to do it after week eight. Uh, this is as good a time as any. After week ten. What happened? <clears throat> what happened? I don't know. Life happened, I guess. But now that the season is more than halfway over, we'll go through the standings and determine if we believe each team is a real playoff contender. And also answer the question of, is the current division leader the one who will win it? in the end oh, so this is a lot of pressure i did not study for this test we'll start it's okay i have no notes in this segment except for the teams and their records which are hopefully oh, thank correct. god 
Oh, your laziness paid off again. We'll start in the NFC North, uh, where the Vikings are the division leaders at eight and one. Packers, a distant second at four and six. And then the Lions and Bears are three and six and three and seven, respectively. I mean, Vikings, like you said, they've been finding ways to win close games all year long. And that can be a little bit fluky or it can be like a character trait. I think for sure at this point, they're too far ahead for anyone else to win the division. And so by that, um, you know, just based on that, they will be in the playoffs. Why do you sound like you're like, by default that they are like the Vikings are a good team this year. I'm still not sure I buy it a hundred percent. Is that oh, dumb? Maybe that's silly. Record eight and one time. They would be the second seed simply because they lost to the Eagles. They would be the right. second seed in the NFC North or in the oh, NFC. I, know. I, I realize that. Yep. They that's have won funny. seven of their eight games by less than a few points. The only loss came in a prime time loss, which say what you will about it. Ever since that loss, they've been on fire. They have. Yep. And That's you're going to sit here they, they and still not believe that the Vikings they, are legitimate. I said they're going to win the division, and they are a playoff contender. Is that not enough? I think yeah, it's just no, it's it's bitterness. I don't know why I got so fired up. About I think it's just the bitterness of being a division rival. Because the Packers are four and six. I can't say that they are a playoff contender. I want to believe. If, if they can put string a few more wins together and get back to 500, then maybe. But at this point, I haven't seen enough to believe that'll happen. Yeah, I have to agree with you on this one. There's there's too many variables this year for for Green Bay to make it deep, let alone make it to the wild card at this point. I mean, this that, offense that, is not yeah. anything from what we've seen. That's all we're hoping for at this point is, is somehow – Grab the seventh wild card, the last wild card spot. Uh, not with the Lions and Bears, just no. So, yeah. Nope. Sorry, Green Bay. Yep, I have to agree at this point. Uh, the NFC South, very tight division. The Buccaneers are in first place now at five and five. Falcons right behind them at four and six. Then the Panthers and Saints bring up the rear at three and seven each. Um, so much crap for what I'm about to say. Uh, oh, no. Are you about to say something nice about the Falcons? Uh, it's not so much nice about the Falcons, but questionable about the Bucks. How does that make oh. sense? No, I agree with questioning the Bucks. Go ahead. The Bucks are kind of in the same boat, I think, as Green Bay. I'm not quite sure what to make of them. They have yeah. all the potential there to be dominant, and they're just not. Now, this would be where I would argue even more so. Well, they have even less of an excuse, yeah, because Brady's got all the same weapons and more that he's had the last couple of years. You kind of already went where I was going with that. When you asked about um, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, like Todd Bowles has even less of an excuse with the Bucks. Right, that's true, because he was there in the prior years, too, just as a different role. Now he's just the head coach. And this team is not the same team that was there the past few years. So this is where I would make an argument that what does coaching have to say about this? With that being said, it is Brady and it is the Bucks. However, I think it's going to be a battle between the Bucks and the Falcons. 
because the Falcons were the division leaders just a couple weeks ago. Last week, I think they were, yeah. <laughs> now, just because you're the division leader doesn't mean you're going to make it very far in the playoffs, but that does get you a wild card spot at worst. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I want to say based on that alone and the fact that the Panthers are a captainless ship, the Saints have a lot of stuff to figure out, which we kind of anticipated for the year. Michael Thomas is out. There's right. a quarterback carousel to try to figure out Drew Brees' replacement. I'm not surprised. I think their record should have been a little bit better, but I'm not surprised on their position. Well, the Saints, like the Packers, I would have thought could rely on defense and run game more, but their defense has been terrible. But uh, that said, at 3-7, and seven, they're only two games back from the division leaders. Right, which is funny how records don't tell necessarily the full story. Yeah. I mean, I still have to believe the Bucks will finish in first place. That's what we predicted preseason. Uh, as badly as they played, I don't think any of these other teams have showed enough to to say that they're going to overtake them. I think the Bucks will finish in the division, but I have to go with the fact that I think the Bucks and the Falcons are contenders. And it's not that the Falcons are any better necessarily. It's it's the weirdness of what happens when it comes to the end of the year and the way the division falls. All it takes is Brady to lose one game or two games against divisional opponents and the Falcons to beat the Panthers and the Saints. And all of a sudden, based on those, I don't know what you want to call analytics, Mm -hmm. it shifts the momentum. So they're a contender from a technicality, I guess you could say, (laughs) as opposed to a raw strength, just from the way this division's kind of played out. Yeah, that's fair. The Falcons aren't as bad as I think a lot of people think they are. Yeah, I mean, they've found ways uh, to win games. They learned how to, you know, how to recover a kickoff and stuff like that. See, that's (laughs) progress, baby steps. All the important stuff. I'm still going to say the Bucs, yes, will win the division and are the playoff contender by virtue of that. And I don't believe the rest of these teams are going to do anything. I don't believe you're going to do anything. You are correct. (laughs) I am so good at this game. The NFC East. Oh, all these teams are we crap on every year and has become this year. Not this year. Yeah. NFC East. Every team is above 500. AFC West was supposed to be the the coolest division. Yeah. Hey, I'll Siri. However, who would have known it would be the other West or the the NFC East. That was the what is going on? (laughs) Yeah. Eagles at eight and one. I mean, we did both think that they would do well preseason. The Giants out of nowhere are seven and two with Brian Dable, another coach of the year candidate and a healthy, fully recovered Saquon Barkley. Uh, Cowboys back player of the year. Yeah, that was a great call. Cowboys at six and three are third place after that loss to Green Bay. And then you got the commanders not far behind either at five and five. Literally a team of anything can go in this division. I, right. I have to say all these teams are playoff contenders. I'm sorry, did you not believe at one point that the Giants were contenders? I guess I have the the Giants and Vikings in a similar place in my mind. Vikings way more legit than the Giants. I still believe that. I, I am as much as I'm not necessarily on board with the Vikings, I'm even less on board with the Giants. I 
it's it's such a weird set of circumstances, right? Because the Giants, I think they were missing Saquon. Like, if you really look between last year and this year, besides the head coach, it's the fact that Saquon looks back to his rookie season. Right. And you could argue that Brian Table has made a huge impact on Daniel Jones. Not that he's turned into, like, prime Aaron Rodgers or anything, but he's they've massively he's, cut down the turnovers. You needed two things. You needed the run game to finally come into tuition, and Jones has limited his turnovers, and that has created magic. Because the team as a as a whole, I would argue, is mediocre. The defense is is decent. It's enough, right? The offense is enough. But yeah. they're like the Vikings, you know, like you said, to lump them together. They're finding ways to win. Yep. But I see the Vikings have way more potential in terms of offensive firepower to go out and score, you know, 30 plus points when they need to. I don't think the Giants can do that. Um, let's move on to the West. Do you agree with me that all four of these teams can make the playoffs? With the West? Yeah, East, sorry. With the Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Because the Commanders are also about to get Chase Young back, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, in the West, you got the surprising Seahawks at 6-4 and four under Geno Smith. 49ers at 5-4 and four right behind him. And then the Cardinals are 4-6 and six, and the Rams are 3-6. and six. Defending Super Bowl champion Rams are 3-6, and six, bottom of the division. I think the 49ers will end up winning the division, but I, I don't think so. You think the Seahawks? I think the Hawks are doing? taking it. I mean, look at the way they've played. The Gino's team has life to it. Geno Smith has just been phenomenal. Kenneth Walker, rookie running back, has been tearing it up too. You know, the defense has been holding their ground against some tough opponents. Like you can't, I can't. You can't hold back on this team that they thought once Russell Wilson was gone, it was all going to fall apart, and they've only continued to grind. Turns out Russell Wilson was the only thing holding them back. Ooh. <laughs> he looks so bad. He looks completely washed. Um, but anyway, that aside, I do believe the Seahawks and 49ers are both playoff contenders. Cardinals? Maybe. Rams are, I think the Rams are done, though. The Rams have, I don't know, they have a lot they, to figure out. I mean, they, gotta, and they I, just lost Cooper Cup. Right. You're right. Yeah. Who was the, like their whole offense because they can't run the ball. Stafford doesn't throw it to anyone else. So what are they even going to do? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> my pick of Allen Robinson will finally freaking pay off. <laughs> no, I, I made that same. I made the same comment to Nick. I, I forget what he said. Like, is Stafford finally going to have to throw to some to Allen Robinson, and I said, no, because it's Ben Scrawny next season. <laughs> <laughs> he just takes over. You know, he's got that same scrappy, gym rat, cerebral route runner type of player. God, you are freaking ridiculous. <laughs> All right, AFC uh, North. The Ravens are 6-3, and three, Bengals 5-4, and four, Browns 3-6, and six, Steelers 3-6. and six. Uh, been pretty impressed with what the Ravens have been able to do, especially on offense, given all the injuries. They've lost um, J.K. Dobbins again. They lost their top receiver, Rashad Bateman, and what was already an incredibly thin receiving core. Um, so it's been impressive what they've been able to do, given all that. Oh, one thing uh, we, all, we also haven't talked since the trade deadline. They brought in Roquan Smith from the Bears, which I love that uh, for them. But uh, they're in first place. Bengals right behind them and had been 
steadily improving after a slow start. Uh, I think the Steelers are are done. You know, they're just seeing what Kenny Pickett can do. The Browns treading water until uh, Deshaun Watson is unsuspended, but that's not till week 13. And uh, it could be all over for them by then. So I think the Browns are out of it. Ravens and Bengals are contenders. Agreed. Who do you think wins it, though? I'm, I think Cincinnati comes back. Cincinnati has yeah. shown the most improvement and most consistent improvement. They need remember, to weeks one and two, Burrow was on the ground more than the ball was in the air, and everybody <laughs> panicked. Right. And everyone said, what the hell? They adjusted and addressed the issues on offensive line. Or not, apparently. But eventually that unit came together, and the Bengals have been on fire. Burrow looks great. Joe Mixon's been running all over the place. That's true. They have the two-attack strategy going on. Didn't Mixon have the a Ravens just lost game. Rashad Bateman, so their wide receiving core is even more damaged. Well, don't worry, though. Did you see who they signed a few weeks ago? No. Deshaun Jackson. Oh, yeah, they're fine. Never mind. They're the fine. in the Super Bowl. Going to get at least one deep route out of him before he tears a hammy again. Uh <laughs> The Bengals, though, they need to get Jamar Chase back because he was on fire. And my fantasy team desperately needs him back. That's the real reason I'm saying that. Um, I agree. I think we both picked the Bengals to win the division preseason. They're only a game behind. I still think they are a more complete team than the Ravens. Agreed. All right. AFC South. Titans 6-3. and three. Colts 4-5-1. and one. Jaguars 3-7. and seven. Texans 1-7-1. and seven and one. Uh... Titans. By default here, just because the rest of these teams. Didn't I pick the Titans this year, too? I forget. One of us, probably. I'm always wrong, so probably you picked the Titans. <laughs> it's just we always flip-flop. And I'm always wrong, yeah. <laughs> I think the Titans will win it. Um, I don't think anyone else is good. Not unless this Jeff Saturday thing takes off yeah. and the Colts freaking win five in a row. I don't put much stock into one victory, given it was the Raiders and every coach wins their first game. It <laughs> doesn't matter how bad the team is. <laughs> like 95% foolproof. Now, the AFC East is where things are really, really interesting with another division it's where the all East teams... divisions this year. Yeah, right. <laughs> also a division where all the teams are above 500. The Dolphins first place right now at seven and three, half a game above the Bills and the Jets were both six and three. And then uh, you got the Patriots at five and four. I think the Bills do come out on top ultimately, but uh, I think all these. Uh, I don't think the Jets are real contenders, though. What? I, I just can't see it. They're making it to the wild card. They're going to get their their rears handed to them. <laughs> all right. What about the Patriots? You know, I'm going to say no, but you can't say that without any sort of confidence because it goes back to one simple fact. It's Bill Belichick. Right. But right. I don't think they make the postseason this year. If you look at the AFC as a whole, there's a lot of competition here. Oh, yeah. Just like last year. A lot of good so, while you don't have an entire division like you do in the AFC, this is as close as you're going to get. But yeah. Between the Dolphins and Bills on top, mm -hmm. you know, the Chiefs, maybe the Chargers, that's an interesting situation. The Ravens, Bengals, and Titans, 
that leaves a little bit of wiggle room if the Jets can stay ahead of the Chargers to squeeze in. Or um, yeah. if, the, if New England can pull ahead of the Chargers to potentially squeeze in. I know I've said this before, but now that there's seven teams from each conference in the playoffs, it's possible for all four teams in a single division to get in. Yep. It's technically possible. This could be the year, I guess, if these teams keep keep it up. All right. I if, with if, you, the if, Jets. The Jets, if the Patriots lose pace with the Chargers, then I don't foresee this working. True. I, I guess you got to say all these teams are still playoff contenders. Fine. We'll check back in in a few more weeks. And then in the oh, West, stupid. like you just alluded to, the Chiefs sit on top at 7-2, and two, Chargers 5-4, and four, Broncos are dead to me, and uh, Raiders are 2-7. and seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only care so much because, as we, as you know, I have Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton on my fantasy team, and they've both been hot garbage. Not even hot garbage, they've both been cold garbage, which is even worse. You remember when we made fun of people for drafting Daniel Jones? We're like, oh, look at this nerd. Guarantee you he's got more fancy points than Russell Wilson this year. <laughs> I have more fancy points than Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs look great. They haven't missed a step since trading away Tyreek Hill. Defense looks improved, if anything. The Chargers, I think it's pretty impressive. They're at 5-4, and four, given all the injuries. They've lost half their offensive line. Their top two receivers for much of the year. Herbert's struggling and toughing it out. I think as they, and they could get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back uh, both in the coming weeks. So I think the Chargers could turn it around, still be a playoff contender. Um, but I think the Chiefs are too good. They'll they'll win the division. Uh, like you said, it'll be between the Chargers and basically the rest of the AFC East teams who's going to also get into the playoffs. But I got to give the Chargers contender status still. Yeah, I think that goes without saying. The Raiders are done, the Broncos are done, and the Chargers are on that cusp. Yep. Or it could go a few different ways. So, you know what? I got you. <laughs> All right, cool. And that closes the book on another edition of Contender or Pretender. We will check back in one more time in a couple more weeks before the end of the season, which is weirdly fast approaching. Let's take one more, or let's take a quick break and come back with a quick Week 11 preview. And we are back uh, with you recapping week 10. Well, we're done with that. Now we're going to preview all the week 11 matchups this week. Four teams on a bye, the Jaguars, Dolphins, Seahawks, and Buccaneers. And as always, these uh, games are ranked by Mike's Watchability Index. So let's get into it. Oh, boy. The ever-famous, ever-growing, ever-popular. That's right. Fan of the back by popular demand. Uh, Top game of the week. Cowboys six and three at the eight and one Vikings. That's your top game of the week. Yeah, are you kidding me? Okay. You've been talking so much about how you love the Vikings. I thought you would approve of this one. <laughs> I was just being a smart out because I was going to say uh, Raiders and Broncos was my number one. <laughs> <laughs> number one game to make you hate yourself. I hate football already this year, so we're just going to keep that train rolling. I hate Russell Wilson. <laughs> All right. A sport about team building and hatred. I love this sport. Um, no, excellent choice for number one. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Do you guys think he believed me? 
I know you're never sarcastic, so I can just take everything you say at face value. <laughs> and I'm looking at my picks now. I made these the other day, or yesterday. And I don't know if I did this just to spite you and Vikings fans everywhere, but I've got Dallas picked here. I think you did. I think I did, too. Because I have the Vikings. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, Chiefs at Chargers on Sunday Night Football. I've got the Chiefs. Yep, Chiefs Chiefs for me as well. Jets at Patriots, super interesting game, uh, given, as we just discussed, these teams are going to be battling it out in the division for a wildcard spot. I have, I can't even remember who I picked for half of these. You go first. I have the Jets. And I have the Patriots at home coming up. Actually, I think they're both coming off the bye week. Uh, this is going to be really interesting. Um, I just don't trust Zach Wilson. I don't know who I trust on the Patriots. The Patriots have nobody. Ramondre Stevenson is a monster. And uh, after that? I guess they have a pretty good defense. Yeah, I don't know. The Jets have a lot more good players. So if you look at the roster, like Sauce Gardner. Oh, my God. Been beast. Incredible. Yeah, great first-round draft pick. Uh, you know what? You convinced me. I'm taking the Jets. Yeah, welcome to the dark side. We suck. Niners at Cardinals, uh, Monday night in Mexico. I'm taking the Niners. Yeah, 49ers all the way. Hopefully Kyler Murray can come back. Apparently that's not that's no guarantee uh, from that hamstring injury. Um, Colt McCoy, very capable, solid backup. But either way, I'll take uh, San Francisco. Now here's where it gets dicey and all personal back. feelings come to blows with logic. Uh, the Titans... At Packers, I was going to say tomorrow, uh, probably release this on Thursday. So today, <laughs> Titans at Packers, the Thursday night game. Don't Packers do it, Mike. Showed, Packers showed signs of life for the first time this season. Don't do it, Mike. They also gave up 30 points or 28 points and were destroyed on the ground game again. And now they go up against Derrick Henry, arguably the toughest running back to deal with in the league. I'm taking Don't the Titans. do it. Who would you take? Titans. Oh, okay. Makes me sad. (laughs) I don't see. uh, I mean, we'll see. If Packers can do back to back, get back to back wins against, you know, good teams in Dallas and Tennessee, then they might have something cooking. But I need to see it to believe it. Eagles, 8 1, coming off their first loss at the Colts. 4 5 1, Jeff Saturday's second game in charge. I'm taking the Eagles. What happens if the Eagles lose? Uh, then they'd be eight and two, and Jeff Saturday would be a hero in Indy. <laughs> well, they're not going to because the Eagles are going to win. <laughs> okay, I agree. Uh, two and seven Raiders at three and six Broncos. Oh, best game of the freaking week. We already touched on how sad this game is, but which, which of these teams do you think is more depressing? I would say that the, Both the have Broncos a new head coach. are because all the hype around Russell Wilson. Right. They were supposed to be a quarterback away and from being a real Super Bowl contender. And maybe they still are, but they, they thought they had the quarterback. But Yeah, they probably couldn't even win in the puppy bowl. <laughs> and the worst part is they're locked in. They signed him to like a four or five year extension. And so it's like, what are you even going to do? I'm taking the Broncos, but don't feel good about it. I'm going to take the Raiders, because why not? 
<laughs> yep. Uh, Bengals at Steelers, taking the Bengals. Bengals. Lions at Giants, I will begrudgingly take the Giants. I'm going to try with the Lions. I've been yeah, I feel, like, I feel like it's going to be close. Maybe Dan Campbell gets two road wins in a row. After I think getting- this game should be higher on the list, just because the records don't mean anything, but these teams' tenacity does. You know what? You're right. It should at least be above Raiders Broncos. What was I thinking? That should be the last game on here. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I will monitor it closely to see if Russell Wilson can do something for my fantasy team. Uh, Panthers at Ravens. I don't Ravens. know. If it's, I don't know if it matters, but Baker Mayfield is back in at quarterback. Ravens. <laughs> uh, Bears at Falcons. This is kind of interesting. I mean, Justin Fields has been incredible the last few weeks. Um, he put up 40 against me in fantasy, and I lost by four. So if he could have had one fewer touchdown, I would have won in fantasy. And I'll hold that against him forever. But he looked really impressive on the ground and, and as a passer, improving as well. Uh, the Falcons are not a particularly tough opponent, especially on defense. Uh, so I'll take the Bears. Surprisingly, I'm going to side with you. I'm going to take the Bears. Now, now comes this crapshoot here. Oh, boy. A lot of, a couple really ugly games here. Rams at Saints. Um, sounds like Stafford should be back. Cup, obviously, we know, is gone. It's done. Um, Saints quarterback situation. We'll see who starts. I hope, um, I hope it's Jameis. I feel like he gives them a better chance to win. Uh Jeez, who did I take here? Who are you taking? I'm going to take the Rams only because there there's this weird uncertainty now. Who is Stafford going to go is going to throw to, right? With yeah. Cup out of the line. So I think there's this weird vibe that we're going to see during this game. And I can't trust right now any of the quarterbacks on the Saints. Yeah, clearly Dennis Allen doesn't trust any of them either. Uh I'll take the Saints though. There you go. Attaboy. I have no reason for it, except that the Rams are just as bad. So this is a true toss-up. <laughs> uh, Commanders at Texans. Oh, yeah, like I mentioned before, Chase Young, uh, who suffered an ACL tear last season, looks like he's on track to finally make his season to debut, which is huge for a defense that's already been playing pretty well recently. Um, and uh, what I saw as of today is that Wentz is medically cleared, but Henneke is going to be the starter still, at least for this week, according to Ron Rivera. Yeah, he uh, better I stay. I traded away people for that. 100% the right call, in my opinion. I'll take Washington. Yeah, Commanders. I okay. mean, I can't, I can't trust the Texans right now. They don't have much happening. All they have is Damian Pierce, who is amazing, but you can't win a game with just a running back. And I can't put it all on David Mills because he has nobody to throw the ball to. Right. I mean, you got Brandon Cooks basically refusing to play. I mean, I know he was out there last week, but uh, he was very disappointed he didn't get traded. As was I as a, a fantasy owner in, in a dynasty league. He has no value on the Texans. Uh, but anyway, that's another story. The last game I got here is Browns at Bills. Uh, this game gets a lot more interesting. Your ranking sucks. <laughs> you put, I want this on record. You put Raiders, Broncos, <laughs> Bears, Falcons, Rams, and Saints all above this game. Yeah, I'm questioning some things right now. 
Yeah, you should be. <laughs> anyway, especially if we're the, gonna have to take a shirt break after this. Especially, <laughs> no, wait, keep your shirt on. I'm sorry, it's just a typo. Stop. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say something. <laughs> say it. <laughs> but go on on why this is worse oh, than oh. any of those games. Yes, okay. Well, no, I was just going to say, the Browns are tragic right now. And the, and I was thinking this should be an easy, easy victory for the Bills. That's why I put it down here. But the weather forecast currently calls for snowfall during the game, which would immediately shoot it all the way up to the top probably because uh, there's something special about watching a snow football game regardless of, of that though i'm taking the bills i have the bills however okay. uh-oh set the last time he played the bills at home was with the colts and the colts won really where'd you pull that stat from <laughs> actually instagram don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Still taking the bills. All right, we'll take yeah. one more very quick break and talk about how terrible our fantasy teams are. Now, let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. All right. Welcome into the fantasy corner. It's stunning but we only have four more weeks till fantasy playoffs i've been scouring all the rosters looking for any trades i could try to make um yeah i noticed you haven't reached out to me what's up uh, you don't have anyone good on your team <laughs> christ <laughs> i'm gonna drive down there and just beat the crap out of you <laughs> wouldn't you have to fly in your sleigh <laughs> I have sled dogs. They can have what's left of you when I'm done. <laughs> well, anyway, I, <laughs> as we already discussed, we're both on three-game losing streaks. I almost had a Monday Night Miracle this past weekend, this past Monday. Like the Meadowlands? Uh. <laughs> no, thanks to Ryan Robinson, commander's running back. But, uh, yeah, I already talked about this. Justin Fields, 41 points did me in um i'll save my zeke rant for next week if he doesn't play again but seriously zeke what's up with that knee it's bad and uh, sounds like jamar chase is soon maybe not this week but hopefully next week and that's basically what i'm banking on uh, i'm five and five you're four and six we're both i think on the outside looking in at the playoffs right now yeah thanks for the reminder <laughs> so i don't i don't think there's any trade either of us could make with each other that would help given our our records <laughs> no and i don't i don't know it's weird like i'm losing but i don't hate my roster still i hate my roster I, i've been barely putting up like 100 points where you've got the top teams are around 150 every week just like well, i also had i also had burrow on bye week this week which did not help me well russell wilson's on bye every week <laughs> 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 this week I don't get Tua, who has actually been really good. It's like my one him and Stefan Diggs are my only good players. And Diggs is gonna be playing in a snowball and uh Tua's on by. You got this. <laughs> Thanks. 
Uh, how about you? What's going on this week? You get I Burrow back at least, and it's Wednesday. It's fine. You get Joe Burrow back at least. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Uh, I am excited that Heineke starts at least another week after his stellar performance. It makes that trade look not too terrible. Oh, I forgot about your trade. Yeah, so you gave away the injured Mike Williams, right? For Hennigy. And Jacoby Percet. Mm, for Hennigy for... and MBS. Yep. I'd say this worked out. MBS scored last week. hennigy has been solid. I need to make a trade. Trades are fun. I feel like you can't go a whole season without a trade. It's boring. Especially well, now that I've used up all of my free agent budget. <laughs> did you see I, I picked up your old friend, Matt Ryan? Oh, did you? Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah, he's playing against the first-ranked Philly defense. <laughs> this is going to go swimmingly, I'm sure. Projected 11 points. <laughs> Woo! Wow, I put two people in, and all of a sudden my team looks infinitely better when I have a projected score for Joe Burrow of 20 points and Tyler Boyd 10 because Chase is still out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't my receiving core is banged up though. That's the problem. I don't have a good receiving core. Mm. Well, I'm starting Terrace Marshall. So do you even know who that is? Nope. (laughs) Neither does PJ Walker. Excellent. Watch. He'll put out like 5,000 points because that's what happens. That'd be great. Please. <laughs> All right, Matt. I can hear the kids getting antsy in the other rooms. So I think we got to cut this a little short. We covered everything we had to, though. It was great to uh, get back with you again. I've missed our talks. And, well, uh, I hope your night ends swimmingly and everybody gets to sleep early. Same to you. I will be going to bed momentarily. That must be nice to be in full control. You get to decide when you go to bed. (laughs) Sometimes. I can only dream of when that's the case again. (laughs) When they're old enough to play video games, like, like, sure, you want to stay up late? I don't care. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Thanks for taking the time. Good to chat with you. And uh, put my notes to use for a change. All this anger I've been harboring internally towards Russell Wilson and others finally get to let it out. It's very cathartic. I feel great. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. That's all I hope for each week. Thank you. And hopefully we can do it again next week, but no promises. See you later. Fingers crossed. Yes. (laughs) And enjoy the World Cup. We'll check in on Team USA whenever we're back. Go Manchester United. Did I do that right? <laughs> well, Matt, Manchester United are a club team in the English, English Premier League who have players oh, Jesus, on their team from up. all around Good the night. world. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, Please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.